Hi, welcome to Quid Pros Quo. I'm Rin. And I'm Zach. And today we are starting a new series, which is all about world building. I'm so excited for this series because world building is one of my favorite things to do, and I'm constantly sad that I don't have more worlds to world build. <laughs> like, because I, I, I've talked before about my novel ecosystem and the caring capacity of my novel ecosystem. Uh, I don't remember which episode that was in, but if you've been a long-time listener, you may remember that. <laughs> um... So I know I can't start more worlds, but my worlds are all pretty flushed out as far as world building goes, so eventually I will get to <laughs> do new worlds. Anyways, I love world building. <laughs> Zach, talk to us. What is world building? So world building is the process of constructing the setting that your story takes place in. And this can consist of a lot of different aspects, and it's relevant in all forms of all forms of fiction, not just, you know speculative fiction with uh, alternate worlds. So fantasy, sci-fi. Um, it's also relevant inside of uh, realistic fiction. It's relevant inside of historical fiction. It's all about defining those defining those details, finding those details out. When you're doing something like historical fiction or contemporary fiction, it's more of a research thing. Whereas if you are doing it for a secondary world, it's more of a production thing. Some of the aspects that you might consider when you're world building are things like economics and trade, the cosmology, magic systems, um, the geography of the world, um, government, religion, culture. Um, all of those things get wrapped up into, into world building. And for that reason, world building rewards broad knowledge and friendships with librarians because librarians know how to get you to the information that you need for your world building stuff. Yes, I say I'm just a big like fan of being friends with everyone you can, like asking them about their profession. Like, if I ever like go back to like my space opera sci-fi, I am going to come to you because like you have, well, you are going to have a degree in astrophysics, so you're yep. seeking a degree in astrophysics, and I'm like, Zach could tell me if this is feasible. I could. Yeah. I very much could. Yeah. Excellent. Um. So be friends with people. Ask them about their expertise. If you are, pick their brain. Pick their brain. If you are a humanities person, make some STEM friends. I just joined a new writing Discord, and in the like introduction section, I was like, I'm a STEM girly, so hit me up, especially for like environmental world building, because I know a lot about temperatures and climates and stuff, because I was an environmental scientist and a biology like major in college. Yeah. When you're looking at world building, there. There's lots of terminology that goes along with world building. We're going to break down a couple of different things right here. First thing that I'll talk about is top down versus bottom up. Top down is when you are starting with, you know, you start with the star and then you go to the planet and then from the planet you drill down kind of thing. So you're starting at very high level going down into the details. Bottom up is saying this is where the characters live right now and building out from there. So if I want them to, for example, in the short story that I'm currently editing for publication, um, I knew that I wanted them to be inside of a, in a, oh, whatchamacallit, a rainforest, and I wanted there to be a mountain range, and I wanted there to be a desert on the other side. And so that was the detail that I started with, and then I build up where I say, okay, how do I build the geography around that to accomplish that goal kind yeah. of thing? So. You can go top down, bottom up. That's one of the one of the terms that you need to be aware of. 
Another one that may be helpful for you is hard versus soft world building. Rand, do you want to walk us through this? Yeah. So this, the first place I heard of this, and I don't know if he's the person who originated it, was Timothy Hickson on yep. Hello Future Me mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. Also known as Hello Future Me on YouTube. He's not on Hello Future Me. That doesn't make any sense. Um, where hard world building is detail-oriented and soft world building is more like for the vibe. Yep. Um, it, you leave holes in your world building for the reader to fill in. I think this, like, he was inspired by Brandon, Sin- Brandon Sanders' hard and soft magic systems, and that's yep. where he got these worlds. Uh, if you want to like a hard world building, again, you should get, like, Brandon Sanderson, mm-hmm. who is, like, very solid, very detail-oriented. Like, he's got maps galore and, mm-hmm. you know, just all... Appendices. Appendices. Scary, actually. <laughs> it's scary how hard this world building is. Uh, where soft world building is more like Studio Ghibli, and this is yep. an example that Tim Hickson uses in his videos. It's like you get just a sense of wonder and the vibes. If you think of like Spirited Away, you don't really know why the water rises so much and how it becomes an ocean when it was like a barely even a creek. Yep. But it also doesn't really matter. Yeah, who cares? It doesn't matter. And I would say that often these world building styles are complemented by a magic system of the same style. Mm -hmm. So again, Spirited Away, very soft magic system where it's just like. I think probably the hardest part of that magic system is you, it's her name Yubaba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yubaba has to. She's like, oh, if I if someone asks for a job, I have to give them a contract. Right. Or if you don't eat food in the spirit world, you will disappear in the spirit world. Right. So those are probably the two hardest parts of like Spirit Away's magic system. Whereas again, like Brandon Sanderson or like the end of the charts. Harry Potter series. Yeah. Charts. charts. So many charts and yeah. glossaries. Yeah, it's, oh my God, it's insane. Um, That's not a hard and fast rule, though. If you think about, so Middle Earth is a good example of hard world building because there's so much detail. (laughs) So much detail. But the magic system is very soft, right? You can't really describe, like, even if you were to ask, like, what does the ring do? That is more ambiguous inside inside of the books than... You know, if you ask, what does the Elder Wand do inside of Harry Potter? It's more fleshed out. Same thing where it's like, so what can Gandalf do with his magic? And it's like, well, inside of the movie, it's like a flashlight. Um, You know, you have that kind of ambiguity going on right there. So oftentimes, the hard versus soft distinction in magic will follow what's going on with the world building, but sometimes sometimes it's flipped. Another good example of hard world building with soft magic is Game of Thrones. Not that I know anything about Game of Thrones. I don't either. I, I couldn't have even told you it was soft magic. Yeah. More soft magic in Game of Thrones with the hard world building. Uh, you learn something new every day, right? Um, the next thing I want to talk about is inferred world building, and this is like the iceberg theory. And it's like a lot of people are like, okay, there's 10% of the iceberg above water, and the other 90% of it is below water. And yep. you, like, like, as a writer, readers only see 10%, but you should know all 100% of it. Mm-hmm. And world building is, like, the peak of the iceberg without the rest of it, or the hollow iceberg. Yeah. Where you have just enough below the surface of the water to make people think you have all 100% of the iceberg, but really it's 
not all there. Yeah, so an example from a property that I know and love is Star Wars, right? In the first in the first Star Wars movie in publication order, A New Hope, um, Obi-Wan makes one off comment about the Clone Wars, okay? One off comment about the Clone Wars. And then we come back, you know, 20, 30 years later, and we have, you know, seven seasons of content about the Clone Wars plus two feature-length films. One of them is longer than the other, but they're both about the Clone Wars. And then on top of that, you have various spin-off series that are going on within the Clone Wars as well. So you just have that one detail, one detail at the very beginning that is later fleshed out and is later filled in. So you can think about it as like George Lucas puts this hollow iceberg into this one piece of dialogue inside of A New Hope, and then he goes in later and fills in the fills in the iceberg. That's a perfectly legitimate world-building technique. Yes. And I would say this week, too, not to bring in Brandon Sanderson again. I do this every time. Um, I've just taken his class so much. He's been a very big influence on my writing, like, meta-knowledge. Um, but he has his laws of magic, and I think this the third law also applies to world building. Like, expand what you have before you add something new. Mm-hmm. So, like, instead of, like, making something new, they took that one-off comment about the Clone Wars, and they Drilled made down. it into hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of content. I am in the middle of a Star Wars timeline rewatch, and I'm just slogging through the Clone Wars because it's so long. <laughs> and I don't have time to watch TV, but it's okay. But it's um, good. It's, it's fun. It's really good. I love Ahsoka <laughs> so much. I would do anything for Ahsoka. Best character in like all of Star Wars, in my opinion. The other, the final thing I want to talk about, and we'll talk about this throughout the rest of the series, is this idea of giving two layers of explanation to your world building. The first layer of explanation being like explain the specific problem. So just enumerate what the specific problem is, and the second layer is like an explanation and of that problem, like mm-hmm. why that problem is like not a problem. There's, like, a Tumblr text post that's like, why can't vampires, like, just go in the sewers under the city and avoid the sunlight? And then it's like, because of the giant alligators in the sewers. Duh. Uh, and those, that's, like, your example of two levels of explanation, and that's where I got this idea from. But we will apply it in our next episode about world building, geography, and maps. I have... Is that the one? Yeah. Um, we'll apply... That two is your explanation in our future episodes about world building. Do you have any final thoughts, Zach? Nope. That's good. Excellent. I'm excited for this. This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Okay. This has been Quid Pros Quo. Thank you so much for tuning in. Quid Pros Quo is hosted by DC Winters and CK Jensen. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a rating. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at quidprosquo at gmail.com. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.